Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Welcome to Wine Talk for today, Wednesday, July 28th, 2010. It's 7 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. As you know, I'll take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860, or email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com, or you know you can go into my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts or ask me any questions you like. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the Internet. Now, if you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos, articles, and shows I'm currently part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo and The Examiner. So look for those as well. And look for my review of my guest wines in the Examiner coming up in the next week or so. Well, go to examiner.com and put in suethewineguru.com, and you can find it there. I've also made a Wine 101 video series that can be viewed on both YouTube or my website. So check those out. Tonight, as always, when I have a guest, I will be changing the format because I want to dedicate the full hour to him. I have a very, very great guest on tonight, and I've had the opportunity to talk tonight with this pioneer in the wine world. Last year, my travels through Spain, my wife and I were fortunate enough to have gone to his great winery in Jerez, and I am confident in my claim that his wine company pioneered making sherry and that they produce by far the best that the world has to offer. I also know that back in 1835, they started the process of winemaking, and this year, they're celebrating 175 years in the business. He's a third-generation vintner. He's also had many famous musicians, poets, artists, movie makers, and politicians, all who have visited the winery and have their names scrolled on the wine barrels on display. His sherries are unique, flavorful, and well-known worldwide. The names of some of them are Solera, Methuselah, Christina, No, and the ever-popular Tio Pepe. His name is Felipe Gonzalez Gordon, and his vineyard is Gonzalez Bayat. He will be with us shortly. Of course, the number to call in is one 646 381-4860, or if you're shy and prefer the computer, email me your questions for both Felipe and I at info at As always, I've opened the chat room for the listeners to go into and chat. You can also ask questions of Felipe or myself, and I will check into the chat room live periodically during the show to get answers for you. You're listening to Student Wine Guru on blogtalkradio.com. I think you already knew that already, right? Yeah. Cheers. But first up, I have an announcement to make. I want to thank the listeners who are following me on Twitter. I just recently became a black belt in Twitate, and I am enjoying the immediacy 
of the medium. I like the ability to give updates, and my guests are doing the same to promote the show. So thanks to Twitter and social media. Remember, if you have questions, I have answers. So call me at 1-646-381-4860 or email me at info at stewthewinedoer.com or get into the chat room and voice your opinion. Now let me make sure that everyone listening knows Felipe's website and can go there for more information about this great vintner and the great wines and cherries he makes. So to learn more about Felipe, go to www.gonzalesbias.com. That's G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z-B-Y-A-S-S.com and find out where you can buy his wines locally in your town or buy them directly from Gonzalez Bias. That's the beauty of the Internet. Without further wait, let's bring on my guest for the night, Felipe Gonzalez Gordon of Gonzalez Bias Vineyards. One second. The wonders of modern technology. Felipe? Hello? Yes. Felipe, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Welcome. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well. I want to thank you first and foremost to start by thanking you for being on my show and discussing your great wines with us. It's an honor to have you here tonight. Oh, my, 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 my great, great, great pleasure, and, uh, and thank you for having me as a guest. Great, excellent. So I have many questions for you, uh, so I'll get right to it. I mentioned at the top of the show that I have been to your great winery, and anyone listening who's traveling to Spain, this is a must-stop on your vacation. I actually went by way of Barcelona. My wife and I, it was the first time we were in Barcelona, and, you know, we were sitting and having tapas in uh, the middle of the city, and I said, you know, geez, we're pretty close to Cadiz. We're pretty close to Jerez. Um, I want you to try the sherries because I think you really appreciate it because, you know, we've, we've drank wine for many years, and um, I wanted to just, you know, kind of treat her palate. So we, we went there, and um, I want to say first – before I get into some questions, I, I need to know if you know the answer. Well, hopefully you do. There's a wine tour guide at your winery. She's a little woman, very spunky, uh, very happy, uh, and very funny. And I think she's been doing it for a while there. And she took us through, and she was fantastic. And not to take anything away from anyone else that's doing the tours at your winery, but um, do, you, do you know who I'm speaking of? Uh, is it a, a, um, a, a short, a short, shortish girl? Yes. Uh, a little bit heavy set. No, no, no. Kind of. I, I think I'm more on the thin side. Uh, okay. Well, uh, well, you know, we have very... we have um, we have uh, a number of of, uh, of 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 guides that that um, help us with the with the winery tours. Uh, yes. Some of them are, are, you know, work work for the for the company on a on a on a permanent basis, and and then we also have uh, quite a few that um, are doing uh, taking the position as, as interns, and sometimes there are students that are you know getting into the wine business or um, children of our uh, clients and importers in other um, uh, in other countries that want to experience um, working at the winery and and uh, and learning. So you know, for me, it's hard to tell uh, who sure. your guide your guide uh, could have been without without a name. But uh, I yeah, want to say maybe Sarah. I think it was Sarah, and I think she's Sarah. been doing it for a long time. Uh huh. But I know uh, I just want to take my hats off to you because in picking uh-huh. your staff because she was outstanding. She was really, really very, very knowledgeable, had been doing it for a long time for your company and, um, uh-huh. and just really, really funny, infused a, a good sense of humor into it. You know, 
in traveling the world and having the, the fortunate uh, ability to go to different vineyards and to take tours, um, you know, you, you get a different vibe at different vineyards. And, and, diff- and as you mentioned, some are interns and so forth. But I have to say, in all the vineyards I had gone to, she was fantastic. She just stood out in my mind. <laughs> And I wanted to tell you that, that my, again, kudos to you. My hat's off to you because she did a fantastic job, and she made everybody very, very happy. Everybody laughed. Um, she was very humorous and, uh, and, and, and kept it going and, and, uh, and answered questions that were flown at her at lightning speed. Um, and it was great. So I just, wanted to, I just wanted to let you know. I just thought if you, if, if you knew of her, if she stood out and you knew of her, um, I wanted to give a shout-out to her, to you, and, and let you know that she's doing a great job. So, okay, so let me move on to my right, question. Right. Yeah, so uh, tell my, you know, my first question basically is, knowing you were born into this great family of vintners, was this what you always wanted to do in your life, or did you have other aspirations, Felipe? Well, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's a question, it's, it's interesting, that, that question, because, um, my father worked for the for the for the winery. Of course, we are we are now um, in our uh, fifth generation. The company was founded by my great great uh, grandfather. And, right. Well, right now we are we are we're a, a very a very a very big family, as as you can imagine. And um, uh, we have uh, over time. Uh, uh, chosen to profit, professionalize the, the company because uh, when you know the years go by, the new generations are born and they grow up and they get into working age. You know, companies cannot always accommodate all um, all of the family members in the firm, right? Uh, sure, of course. Well, first, f- first of all, because not everybody. Is equally motivated or qualified or capable of assuming um, winery responsibilities. So, um, our in our company, we encourage um, family members to pursue their their interest to get an experience outside um, the company and. Yeah. Um, what the what the approach is normally is is if there if there's a if there's a vacancy if there's a position that needs to be covered and a family member has an interest he can apply for for the job but he would be a family member would be treated uh, equally um, mm-hmm. to an, to an external candidate so it's it's not um, as you might have. Uh, Encountered in in um, other uh, families, other other family business, where you know the father and then the son and then you know the grandchildren, and they just, sure. just perpetuate in the in, in the family. Um, uh, because as I said, it's basically because we we've become you know over 175 years of history a very a very large family, you know. <laughs> so, oh, absolutely, um, and I want to say that's a great policy. By the way, I wanted to tell you, I think that's a great policy because unlike other um, wine families, and you know, I'm not naming anyone in particular. I'm just saying there's a tendency to have a little bit of nepotism, a little nepotism going on, and you know, some people uh, may not get uh, as educated about the business. They just kind of inherit it, per se. You know, and and yeah. there's not as much of a drive as you know, if you know, where it may not be as much of a drive and and intention and uh, attention to detail, I should say, as someone who would come into it and say, look, you know, even though you're part of the family, you know, you're going to have to go through the same thing that other people are going to go through who are not part of the family. And if you, you know, rise to the occasion and you put through the, you, you know, you do your time, you do diligence, you're going to succeed. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's great. Uh, uh, very, very, uh, very clearly related to um, the question that you asked. I, I remember vividly. Once, you know, I was I was a, uh, a little kid. I must have been around maybe 12, um, 12 or thirteen, and I was in in boarding school. No? 
and yeah. this was in a in an English school in in the south of Spain, and we were we were we were uh, in, in the school, and we, you know, as kids, we were mucking around, and then the 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 teacher there says, "Yeah, you kids, you know, you have it all, you have it all for granted, you know, you don't need to worry sure. about anything, you have no responsibilities because you're all set for life, you know, with your." parents and their companies and this and that so that's why you know you have you take no responsibility for anything that's why you misbehave so much you know and then uh and then you know i was kind of you know on 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 the, on the weekend my my parents came to pick me up from school and and i you know that that had stuck to to, to my mind i was a little bit disturbed by by his observation and so so i asked my dad hey uh, dad um when i when i finish school um Am I guaranteed a, a a position in the winery? Am I going to work for the winery? And he, right. his answer was, you know, straight. He says, "Hell no, you don't guarantee <laughs> anything here. You know, you got to get through. You got to get through your studies, and you got to prove yourself that you, you right. know, that that you that you, you that you're worth it, right? So Excellent. I said, oh, all right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you know, that that just stuck to my mind, and I have you know vivid, vivid memories of of that day. So. From then on, sure. I you know I just just continued with with uh, with my studies and uh, with my professional life that took me elsewhere. I as I I worked in in uh, in finance for several years, and yeah. um, but then it was it was a concern of the of the company, the how to manage the relationship between the business aspect and the family aspect. Now how to keep. Um, the ties uh, between the family and the business, but without uh, causing any interference, right, and any yeah. any any disturbances. So um, the 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 company and some some of my my uncles and um, cousins they they promoted what 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 we refer to as a as a as a family protocol, and basically mm-hmm. that protocol. Is a set of um, uh, guidance uh, um, articles or, or rules that are going to govern um, the relationship um, between the family and the business. Because you know it's, it's important for us to remain a family business. But as I said, no, you can't. Family members can't take for granted that just because they're they're part of the family that they're you know they're entitled to to a position in the winery and. You know, in order to avoid avoid uh, conflicts and and um, keep everybody avoid having people um, generating uh, false expectations or whatever, this uh, this protocol um, governed and 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 described uh, and touched on those areas where there was going to be an overlapping of the of the family and and the business, no? and right. um, as part as part of it. One of the things, one of the things that that protocol touched on was, okay, how do we handle um, a, a job applications from uh, from family members? Those family members, that how, how do we handle that? It's, 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 it's right. a big concern. And um, so the what was what was um, uh, decided in, in that protocol, as that that's what I just said. No, that family members would apply. Uh, two winery positions that became available as any other candidates, and they would go right. through a, a you know a recruiting process. And mm-hmm. a, the only the only advantage of being a family member is that if you're equally qualified to an external an external uh, uh, candidate, the family member has 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 an advantage. So sure. at, at but you know at at equal at equal qualifications because at the end of the day this is a business and it has to be run professionally you know and uh, so people need to be qualified and prepared and and have the, the 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 profile that the position that needs to be covered uh, requires. So Felipe, I have to ask you. I, I have actually the the phones have kind of lit up here and they're lighting up and they're going wacky. I have uh, someone on here. Let me uh, bring them on. Uh, hold on a second. Uh-huh. Hi, caller. What is your name, and where are you calling from? Hi. Um, my name is Lee, and I'm calling from California. How are you? Yes. Good, good, good. Uh, Welcome. Hi. Lee. Hi. 
I just wanted to say first, congratulations on 175 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> For people in California, that's something else um, entirely. <laughs> so congratulations. Um, By the way, I just wanted to I, I was going to say, Lee, Lee's uh, also in our chat room. I wanted to mention to you, Felipe, as I mentioned at the top of the show, what I do here is I have my guests on, and I open a chat room for people who, you know, may or may not want to call in. You know, they want to listen to the show, but they want to be interactive, and they want to be able to maybe ask uh -huh. a question of me, and then I then ask it of you. Well, uh, Lee is not only in the chat room, but she's also now online with us. And Lee, you can also, okay. if you'd like, you know, talk about if you want wine societies. I know your, you know, your company that you also work for. So you can mention that after your question, if you like. Oh yeah, great. Because they kind of go hand in hand. 175 years is just again amazing, and you have so many channels with which to promote your wines, including your own restaurants. I read about Bar Papito, which receives rave reviews. Uh, well, Bar Papito is is a is a project that we. It, it's not our own restaurant. Uh, oh, okay. But it's a restaurant that we that we, we with who uh, um, we collaborate very closely in uh, in London, very very popular tapas bar, and they really saw the um, resurgence of of, of sherries and tapas and jumped at the opportunity and asked for for our support. So we worked very very closely and we you know we've helped them with the with the um, merchandising, with the decorations, providing them with you know. Uh, images of the winery and you know all all the kind all the things and then you know giving them giving them support with the with the wines and and also it's for us is a, is a is a great place to to go and do tastings and pay customers so it it works it works both both ways but we actually don't have uh, any ownership in that uh, in that in that restaurant it is oh, okay. but we do we we do have in in Spain we also have a similar a similar concept um uh, which which are um, uh, the tabernas tia Pepe. and that and that again is um, is a is, is a restaurant concept and we are we are in in the wine business we don't know much about uh, managing restaurants uh, but obviously you know wines are <laughs> a great great part of the consumption of wine is it's in restaurants so we've partnered with with uh, here in Spain with restaurant experts that um, have 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 different concepts and. And we are partners in in this concept in Spain. We are we are we are partners, but they they man they manage it. They manage this, this uh, company manages manages the the restaurants because our our expertise is not there. Oh, of course, I understand. I think that's what's so great about everything that you've done. I mean, reading about you, like you can buy your products on premise, off premise, at wineries and facilities, and via the internet. Again, you partner with restaurants. And you thought of so many ways to expand and promote yourself outside of relying solely on just one means of distribution and marketing. And although I've seen a lot of wineries kind of suffer around the world, I, in California I really see it firsthand. Again, 175 years is unfathomable to most people out here. Um, and the company I'm with um, is called Wine Societies, as I, I think um, Stu had mentioned earlier. And we're wine brokers in the state of California who provide direct online channels for wineries to sell wine. Um, and collect uh -huh. yourself fine and, and rare wine. So it's just another avenue for wineries to kind of use to sell their wine. Collectors seem to immediately see our, the value in this, but wineries seem to hesitate when using an additional sales channel. Um, I think, I don't know if it's fear of branding, we can't tell what's going on. Are there, do you have any advice to those wineries on how you've built your brand and kind of continue to expand fearlessly using all channels available to you? Well, you know, it's um, different. Different markets work uh, work differently, and and in in, in the U.S., uh, what I find is that you know distributors are very protective of their of their of the business, rightly so, and and um, uh, they see they see a threat in, uh, in 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 direct sales and interstate shipments, and you know you you're you're familiar with all that's going on right now. Uh, but but from from so you know that's that's something that's something that's um, happening in the U.S. and that we have to we have to live with we have to work with. But from the, from the winery perspective, my advice would be, okay, well um, you have to look at the at the global at the at the overall overall picture. 
and usually the conflict the conflict arise, arises with pricing um, because you know um, if, if, if the price discrepancies depending on uh, the distribution channel of the, the route to market that you're following that can that can cause that can cause friction but if you if you respect that if you if you're careful that you know everybody's making their money and nobody's selling their product cheaper just because they're using a different avenue and you control that which is a lot of work um, that there you should there shouldn't be any any conflict there and um, also uh, some some um, some things to consider is that uh, certain products are more suitable to be sold uh, by a specific distribution channel, so that also has to be looked into and um, and analyzed carefully. Uh, look at the characteristics of the pro of, the, of the product and see which is the best uh, the best way to get it to get it through to the consumer. It might not be through you know a, a grocery store. Probably impossible, if, especially if it's a niche item, to get it through to get it through the system uh, to the consumer that way. So you have to definitely explore um, other avenues and look at the at the pros and the cons, and then make make a make a decision based on the information that you have been able to get to to gather. Well, thank you so much, and again, congratulations. And I want to thank, thank you, you very much for for participating and coming out of the chat room and into the phone. Uh, and uh, please, by all means, anytime you want to participate with the show. Uh, I'd be happy to have you on. Um, and uh, if there's any other questions down the road, you know, let me know because I can always ask uh, and get in touch with my guests and get answers for you. So always remember that. You've got my email, which is info at stewthewineguru.com for any other questions, which I have a lot of those that are uh, flooding my, my email box. So I'm going to get to those as well. So thank you again, Lee, and have a great evening. Thank you. And if you want to stay in the chat room, you can stay in the chat room too and ask some questions from there if you like. All right, next up. So I, I want to know a few things here. So if you will assume right now that I have the wide spectrum, Felipe, of wine enthusiasts from Lee, who you just talked to, who's in the business, to the, you know, the average person who's probably never, maybe never had a sherry before. So if you would, just explain briefly the different types of sherries and what distinguishes them from each other. Okay. Um, well, for, I, I always like to um, make make a clear um, a clear point that sherry is um, really a, a region more than more than a more than a wine. Okay. It's, right. A, we can think we, we can think we can use the example of of, of champagne. Champagne is a, is 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 a region. Where they make sparkling wine, and this sparkling wine takes the name of the region, but only the wines that are made in that region. Same thing happens with 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 sherry. We seem to we you know there's there's a tendency to call uh, sherry uh, fortified wines that are not produced in this particular region, and you find that you know in California, and you find that in you know from uh, fortified wines from Australia, from South Africa, and they and right. they are called sherry, but but the reality is that that is just as let me use the word absurd as you know some of these jug wines that we find in the in the grocery stores called a Chablis or a Burgundy you know and they come like in gallon jugs you know and they're you right. know they're from Central Valley California I mean just because they're red you can't call it Burgundy just because they're white you can't you can't call it Chablis you know they're just benefiting from right. um, from a region that has a reputation. Well, the same thing applies with sherry. Uh, sherry is a region, and in this region, we make fortified wines. And we have a, a, a great variety of, of wines that I'm going to explain uh, what the main styles are and what the characteristics of those wines are, uh, because they, they cover a very broad spectrum. Um, when I'm doing tastings and you know uh, consumer tastings, and I have people come up to my table and say, "Would you like to taste the sherry?" and people say, "Oh no, no, I I don't like sherry." I said, "Okay, well, what sherry don't you like?" And I just don't like sherry. I said, "Well, we have we have here ten different styles for you to taste, and I'm sure we can find one that can probably that can probably please you. So if you would give me if you give me five minutes of your time, I'll run you through and." Uh, 
and we'll see what you think. Uh, okay, so 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 people people um, uh, lend themselves to to, the, to this experience, and and usually we I, I like to start with the, with the lightest and most delicate uh, sherry, which is fino, and right. uh, fino is is a sherry that's made from the Palomino grapes, and um, these grapes are fermented to dryness. You get a dry white wine, and then it is fortified, but it's fortified very slightly. People think of sherries as very highly, very strong uh, in alcohol. They think of them, they consider them as a spirit. But, but no, I mean, a, a fino sherry has 15% of alcohol. How many table wines from California do you get today that are, you know, many. up there already? And then, um, yeah. <laughs> So, so that that's the first the first thing first thought that I want to dismiss. Now that sherry is very um, high in alcohol, it isn't. Fino is a light, delicate white wine. It has um, on the nose is very different to to a white wine though, because it ages under the influence of uh, a yeast that we call flor, and is a yeast right. that um, perseveres in the wine after fermentation. Um, interacting with the wine and transforming its um, its flavor and its aroma, and it's a it's a wine that should be drank chilled, just as you would any other white wine, and it's ideal to accompany any type of uh, of seafood. I particularly enjoy finos with um, with shrimps or, or oysters or clams, things like that go go very well. Um, and then from from then up, from from there. We could go and uh, and taste an amontillado style, and uh, an amontillado is pretty much the same thing as a fino, but uh, a fino that has seen a little bit more aging in barrel. All, all sherries are aged in in uh, oak barrels of 600 liters capacity, um, right. so it's rather large barrels. And um, the amontillados usually see. Uh, Further aging. We usually, I mean, at least our Amontillado, which is called uh, Viña 80, it's aged for approximately 10 years. And because of this long, longer aging, it begins to show some hints of oxidation. So it would be light amber in color, more pungent on the nose, a little bit more body. And this is a this is a wine um, that. Uh, could go very well with oily fish. You know, you could have it with uh, uh, tuna. You can have it with sardines. Uh, you can, yeah, and, and I'm avoiding making making uh, suggestions with uh, cheeses because you know cheeses is like the 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 obvious pairing with uh, with uh, with practically any wine. No? So so I'm trying to be a little bit more more creative with uh, with uh, with the food pairings here. Um, and Amontillado can go very well with with uh, uh, pâtés, um, uh, you know, spreads and things like that. Uh, a tapenade, uh, things like that would go very well with an Amontillado. Um, and then um, after after the Amontillado, usually what what we taste when we're doing when we're tasting down the line, we would taste uh, an Oloroso sherry. An Oloroso right. sherry still made with the same grape, Palomino. Um, but here, what happens is that the sherry is fortified a little bit stronger. It has a little bit more alcohol. In this case, if the phenols are 15%, the, amono, the uh, olorosos are fortified to um, about 18%. And at 18% of alcohol, uh, here we are not finding we're not that the floor yeast that I was describing earlier is not present. So the wine is allowed to age ox oxidatively. The wine is allowed to age in the presence of air and um, and gets darker in color. Um, but this uh, this um, oxidation also changes the aroma um, of the wine substantially. And we're going to get wines that are more in the nutty nutty notes. Okay, so it's going to be more in the in the walnuts and uh, and hazelnuts. It's going to be a little bit warmer uh, and have more body, and uh, but still we're still talking dry wines. I mean, sherries are dry by nature because um, yeah. we ferment we ferment to dryness, and then is when we fortify. I make I make this precision because 
Another very well, very well known fortified wines is ports, and ports um, they arrest the fermentation by adding a little bit of alcohol uh, before the, the fermentation is is complete. So therefore, ports retain residual sugar. That's why they are sweeter. The sherries are naturally dry because we let the fermentation go to completion before we fortify. So we're talking here of three different styles, Fino, Amontillado, and Oroso, that are going to go from lighter body to heavier body, are going to go from pale in color to darker in color. Uh, going to be, the Olorosos are going to be, Oloroso translates for aromatic. Uh, these wines are very, very aromatic. They, since they have a little bit more um, alcohol, they, there's more extraction from the oak, and um, these wines, I like to have them with um, a cold cup, with uh, charcuterie, you know, some salami, some um, dried cured meat, um, you know, all of those, all those things like the jamon and uh, and uh, sausages and things like that. That would that would go right. very well with um, with the with the um, uh, oloroso. Even even some uh, some uh, lamb, uh, uh, you know, a rack of lamb, something like that would go would go very very well with an with an oloroso. So that yes, those would be the five, three. I've had that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's here here in in Jerez. It's it's uh, my close family is the our oloroso Alfonso is their the drink of the drink of choice their preference. Um, which is it's it, it, it's interesting. What we what we drink what we drink the most of is Tio Pepe because it's lighter and it's more refreshing. And here in the south of Spain, it's, it's very warm. But you know, a glass of uh, of uh, Alfonso Oloroso, it's it's it's, it's delightful. I have some more questions. I have many many questions, and I have people in the chat room that want to ask questions, and I've got questions here. Plus, I have email questions. So what? So here we go. So I, I, I want to ask, uh, someone had emailed in a question. Virginie Ajoho, a wine consultant in Washington, D.C., had emailed a few questions she wanted to know. She's a big fan of your sherries and asks the following. What is the general trend as sherry con- consumption goes worldwide? Which one of the different sherries appeals the most to the general consumer? That's the first question she had to ask. And uh-huh. I wanted to get that. Okay. Good. What what we, what we are what we are seeing is traditionally in the in the domestic market in the Spanish market is the dry styles of sherry that are consumed the most and primarily uh, finos and manzanillas those are those are the the two styles of sherry that are consumed for the most part in uh, in um, in Spain if you look at the international markets if you look at markets like the like the UK uh, Germany. Uh, Holland, the U.S., those are traditionally sweet sherry markets. And um, but we are seeing a, a, a steady decline, a, a decrease in the consumption of sweet sherries, and uh, an increase in the consumption of dry sherries. The sweet sherries are a delightful products, are, are wonderful wines. Uh, because sherries are dry by nature, um, the way we make we make uh, the sweet styles is by blending. Um, another grape that's called Pedro Jimenez, and the Pedro right. Jimenez grape is left out under the sun after harvest. It's left to dry, um, a little bit like the Amarones, but uh, but out out instead of drying the grapes in warehouses, we dry them out under the sun, and then they are pressed. So when we when we press these raisins, pretty much you know they dehydrated, you get very little juice, but this juice is very sweet. We make a dry. We make a, a sweet wine with that, and that is blended in different proportions with in with an oloroso to make it to make a sweet style. And that, for the most part, has been con, con, uh, known as a cream sherry. Um, right. Although the the appellation also um, accepts the the sweetening of the of the sherries with concentrated rectified grape must, and a lot of the Commercial inexpensive sherries, instead of being sweetened with uh, with PX, they are sweetened with uh, with Pedro Jimenez. They're sweetened with uh, with concentrated rectified grape must. So they lack the complexity 
and they lack the quality of the of the former. And those are the styles, the inexpensive uh, sherries that we are seeing a, a decrease in. Uh, people are, you know, we, they're, they're, the possibilities of, of, of wines and the choices we have today are much, much greater than what we had 20, 30 years ago. So if people right. are going to drink a sherry, usually they go for a nicer, better quality sherry if, they, if they're still looking for um, a sherry they're going to consume as an after-dinner to accompany dessert or something like that, they would they would go for a sherry that's a, a blend of Palomino and Pedro Jimenez versus the inexpensive uh, cream sherries. And if they're right. going to have it with a with the meal, they would they would have it with a, they would have uh, one of the dry styles, a fino or an, an amontillado. And those are the tendencies we're seeing. We're seeing that. Uh, a lot of restaurants are developing very interesting, very cool um, sherry programs. It's, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's you, the thing is still very much a hand sell. Uh, but when you get a progressive, creative uh, chef paired with a with a smart uh, sommelier, they can put together incredible food pairings, and that will, you know, set them apart from their competitors in their in their in their area of influence, so a lot of people are picking up a lot of a lot of trendy cool restaurants are picking up on the on food uh, uh, sherry and uh, and food uh, pairings and and are doing doing very well. I have some great questions here from the chat room, and I want to get them out so everyone's happy and uh, you get some good questions here. So I'm going to start with Kim, who is a regular here in our chat room, uh, and Kim asks the following: um, Do you think that uh, the that Sherry will ever gain the admiration here in the States that many wines from Spain have. Um, and, and she says she knows for herself that many younger people uh, want to taste more and want to know more about Sherry here in the States. So I just wanted to get that question. It's a very good question. Um, so basically, if I understood you right, is if, if, if I think that Sherry's will gain the popularity of the Spanish wines have in general that, that the Spanish wines have already here, you know, garnered here in the states already. You know, in other words, they've kind of cemented themselves. You know, the Riojas and 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 uh, the Tempranillo and so on and so forth. The ones that have you know have already um, gotten a uh, you know a popularity, gained a popularity, and people are now looking for them. Do you? Does she asking? Do you think that Sherry's will gain that popularity and that admiration here in the states as? the other counterparts of Spanish wine have already garnered? Well, I, I, I definitely, I definitely hope so. Um, and I think, and I think we're, we're on the, we're on the, on, on the right track. Did you have anything to do with it or yet. happen, right? Was, can you say that again, sorry? I said, if you have anything to do with it, it'll happen, right? That's right. That's, that's what, that's, that's what, that's what, that's what we're, that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, I have another question, question for you. Of, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I know I, I didn't want to interrupt. I, I I'll, I'll ask you the question after you finish. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, no worries. Um, now that I, that I was saying that, um, uh, that's what we're trying to do. Try to try to um, get as many people as possible to experience and and uh, and get get into sherry. And we are we are pretty um, successful. Uh, we are doing well. We are making some we are making some inroads. We still have uh, a mm -hmm. long, long, long way to go. Um, okay. Uh, because you know the U.S. Is a, is, a, is, a, is a very, very big market, and but we do we do see we do see that a lot of people are wanting to experiment and try new things, and and yeah, we're putting we're putting. Uh, all the efforts in trying in trying to um, promote sherries and, and capitalize on the on the popularity of, of, of Spanish wines because that's what really sherries are they are wines you know the fortified Absolutely. wines but they are wines after all. I'm all for it. I have to tell you something. I you know and anything that I can do. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to need about another five shows with you in order to <laughs> answer all the questions I'm getting. The emails I'm getting and everything else, I'm telling you, man, you know, you coming on this show is a great thing. A lot of people are interested in what you do. 
So uh, let me ask another question that I've got from, let's see, Murmur1220 in the chat room says, he read in, or she, I'm sorry, I don't know what's he or she, but I read in the San Francisco newspaper last week about a sherry and food pairing contest coming up called Copa Jerez. Is this for restaurants only? Do you know anything about that? Yes. Um, in, in, our, in our efforts to, 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 promote, to promote sherry, um, and not only Gonzalez Diaz, um, but all of the all of the sherry sherry producers um, have put together a a competition that, as you as you said, is called Copa Jerez, and uh, the the competition consists of presenting a food and wine uh, pairing. It has to be mm-hmm. defended. Uh, in, in front of a of a panel of, of judges in uh, and this competition takes place in 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 different countries in the world it takes place in Spain in the UK in Germany in Japan in uh, Denmark in you know all of the all of the uh, main um, uh, export markets for for sherry and they would have they will have the national national competitions. And the winner of the national competition would come and will come and compete uh, in Spain for you know, at, at the finals against the international, you know, the rest of the of the international competition. So we will have we'll have um, uh, a panel here of judges that in the past have included people like uh, Juli Soler from uh, from El Bulli and uh, well known oh, sure. uh, Spanish Spanish wine critics and. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a, it's a great it's a great uh, great great event, and I encourage anybody in the trade um, to reach out to me or to the agency that is um, managing the and coordinating the this competition that is called um, uh, AKA Wine Geek. Uh, it's Steve Olson. You might have uh, you, might, you might know Steve Olson. He's a very I know the name. Talented right. communi- communicator. And he runs the uh, the Copa Jerez. He coordinates the Copa Jerez competition. So, any any go. professional in the trade, any professional in the trade that wants to present their uh, food and wine pairing, I mean, it has to be done very um, thoroughly and very meticulously, and justify everything. The chef and the and the farm have to have to present, and you know, the winner will the national winner in the U.S. will have the chance of. Traveling to Jerez and compete and defend their their pairing uh, against uh, the winners of the the finalists from uh, from the rest of the world. It's, uh, there you go. Cool. And hopefully that answers your question, Murmur Twenty Twenty or Twelve Twenty. I'm sorry. Uh, from the chat room, I, I'm I'm not going to be able to get to everybody's question in the chat room. I'm I'm sorry because there's a lot of other questions here I've gotten. I also have some email questions that were sent in, so I want to get to those as well as well. Um, so. I'm, I'm going to go with, let's say, uh, here's a couple of different questions I'm going to kind of grab out. Um, you know, since you're a young man in this business, how do you feel about the Internet and the use of web promotions for your company? Well, I, I consider um, new technologies uh, yet another um, way of getting into, uh, getting, getting to, to your consumers to promote your products to talk about your products I think I think it's a very very powerful tool what we have uh, available today um, and I think you know I think the, the the media and the and the vehicle to communicate with your with your customers are are with your consumers um, are, are changing very rapidly you know uh, and I'm, I'm all in favor of, of using uh, new technologies for uh, communicating with uh, with, our, with our clients uh, and with our customers and the people that, that, that love our products. And you know, um, yeah. So I'm, 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 all, I'm all in favor. <laughs> okay. So I got some more questions here. Now we're going to go to email questions from around the world. And everybody's listening in. So here you go. Ready? First up from Haito, yeah. 1966, from Tokyo. Japan, and it says, Hi, Stu. Haito here from Tokyo listening to your show tonight. Felipe, what is the biggest hurdle you have to deal with in promoting your wines? It says, thanks. I love your sherries. Thank you both. (laughs) 
Well, the biggest, the biggest uh, share is that the biggest hurdle that we that we still today um, find uh, when we're when we're selling our selling our wines is that they're uh, the category is very complex. Um, the category uh, it's very diverse. You have many different styles uh, of, of wines, you know, very different from each other. They have different applications. Uh, they're made in slightly different ways, and it's very hard um, to communicate and get everybody to understand um, what sherry is, because it's 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 a region. It's a it's a variety right. of of products. It's, there's so much to it that it's very difficult to have a simple, concise message that people can can understand. So that's that's a hurdle. Um, and another hurdle is that uh, in the past, uh, sherry has 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 been associated with um, um, very sweet uh, wines that you know little old ladies. Uh, Drank and uh, you know not of not of exceptional not of not of great quality, and uh, and that's also a, a big hurdle. But I think I think is that we're almost over that, and that has that has um, transformed. That was I say that that was uh, several several years ago. You know maybe ten years, fifteen years ago. That's what we were finding. Um, okay. You know that's how Sherry, that's grandmother's drink. You know kind of thing. Now we have a new generation of wine drinkers that have never even heard of it. So that's another challenge. That's 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 the hurdle that we have that we're facing. How to get to the to the consumers and present these wines in a simple way that invites them to to try them. That's uh, that's what that's that's where we find the the challenge. Well, there you go, Haito, 1966 from Tokyo, Japan. Thank you for listening all the way in Japan and uh, and asking your question. Um, next one is from Sheikh Hab from Cape Town, South Africa. And it says, Stu, I enjoy listening to your show each week. My question for Felipe is, what is your favorite wine or sherry to drink from what you produce? And thanks, I will keep listening. Great show, Stu. Your answer? Okay, well, if we have to, if we, if we have to measure my favoritism by uh, amounts consumed, I would definitely say Tio Pepe. <laughs> that is that is the the Fino. Tio Pepe Fino is the wine that I consume the most, um, okay. and I and I love it. And and every time I have a glass of, of Fino, I say, Wow, you know, I just I just love it. You know, like, how can you how can you not like this? <laughs> uh, but but again, you know, <laughs> but again, no, there I, there are a lot of. Uh, you're right. That, I, want, I want to tell you. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I, I want to let everybody know that I've I've been lucky enough. Not only obviously to try your 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 sherries and all, um, you know, there's two ways to experience it. There's experiencing it in your home, of course, and there's an experience when you're at the winery and the vineyard and you're sitting there and you're and you're drinking it and you're looking at the barrel that says uh, you know Winston Churchill on it or it says you know um, you know uh, Steven Spielberg. You know, and by the way, I'm just going to say this real quick. I have incredible pictures from your uh, winery that I'm going to post up on my website. Um, I have one, actually, that's already up on it that actually shows the front of the entrance to it. But I, I have some really great pictures that I'm, I'm going to post up on there. So everyone that uh-huh. is listening in today and everyone that is in the chat room, um, I'm going to tell you to go to my website after the show. Uh, and uh, Not today, but you know within the next week or so, and I'm going to post those pictures. I have another question for you from KB Rondell from Sydney. Australia, all the way from Sydney. It says, wow, I am learning so much about sherry that I never knew. Felipe, when I buy sherry and I open it up and only drink half of the bottle, how do I store it and how long will it last after it's opened? Stu, all my friends here in Sydney may listen to you in the morning when your show airs here. Cheers to you both. So they're listening right now Thursday morning at about 10.30 in the morning, 11 o'clock. So if anybody wants to know what the future is like, what's going to happen tomorrow, Thursday, um, you know, just email KB Rondell in Sydney. But anyway, what is your answer to that question? Okay, that that answers the question again. Like like anything in Sherry, 
there's not a simple straight answer. <laughs> if it, if you open a bottle of Fino Sherry, which you, that that's a that's a bottle of wine that you it has um, a stopper that you can you can close the bottle and open it as many times as you want. But we usually recommend a bottle of Fino to be consumed within a week or two and always keep refrigerated. Okay. Um, the Fina, as, as as you know, it's it's unoxidized. That's why it's pale in color. So after you open the bottle, the wine is going to start to lose its freshness. So in a week or two, um, hopefully you would consume a bottle much quicker than that. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's that's what we want to encourage. <laughs> and right. but in the case in the case of the of the Olorosos and the sweeter styles of sherry, because they they have been aging oxidatively. They can last a lot longer. Um, they can last, you know, uh, for several months actually, uh, because they've already you put oxidized. them in the refrigerator. That's a good question. I get this question all the time. Should you put them in the refrigerator after you open yes, them? I, I, yes, I suggest. I suggest the the, the sherries are kept in the in the in the refrigerator. That's going to you know slow the process of um, of uh, further oxidation, and um, and. Uh, uh, Fino should all be, always be drank fresh. The Olorosos and Amontillados, and if you wanted, you know, some very, very old sherries like you were mentioning earlier, the the Matusalem and the Apostoles and all those sherries that have been, you know, they're true analogical jewels. I like to have to enjoy them at room temperature because the it, it, you enjoy much more the aromas. If, you, if the wines are too cold, but you see that with red wine too. If the wine is too cold, it's just going to be uh, too tight, too close. You're not going to, you're not going to, exactly. um, the, the aromas are not going to come out uh, and you're not going to be able to appreciate them as fully. So, you know, it's fine to store them in the fridge and then, you know, to, or if you have like a wine, a wine, a wine cab or whatever, keep them right. there and then just let, let them, let them uh, bring them out uh, a while before you're going to drink them and let them, uh, you know, slowly reach uh, room temperature. So, okay, so yeah, we only have a couple more minutes left, so I want to get a few more questions in for you, Felipe. Um, all right, so these are questions really for me now. I, you know, I grabbed a few questions from email, from the chat room. Here are some questions I have for you. Um, what do you contribute to the success of a company that has made it 175 years? What, how do you... What have, what do you what, how do you what do you contribute to your success for 175 years you have been in business I, you, you know there are regular businesses that can't say that so let, well, I'm not even talking about wine in the wine industry I'm saying any industry so what do you contribute to your success and everyone listening out there I want you to get as close as possible to the speakers and I want you to listen to whatever Felipe says and do that in your own business because these are gems that you're about to hear. So go ahead. Well, I think consistency is is uh, critical. Just be consistent, persevere, and always have quality uh, as one of the most important aspects of um, of your of your business. So perseverance, okay. uh, consistency, and quality. And the worldwide that, that, apply, that, that applies that that applies to any business, whether it's you just where you're selling tangibles or where you're or you're, or you're selling services. Okay, so we're down to the last minute here. I want to tell everybody to go to www.gonzalezbyas.com, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z-B-Y-A-S-S.com, and check out Felipe's wines and info there. Um, I, I'll tell you, I, I need. I'm telling you, I need. Three or more, three or four more shows, okay, easily with you. So um, I'm well, gonna have you back on. Whenever, whenever, whenever you want to have me back on the show, it's been a, a, you know, a, a great pleasure for me. So chat room, you guys are fantastic. Uh, Felipe, you're a gentleman and a scholar. I appreciate everything. And again, I'm gonna have you on at some other point in time. We're gonna continue where we left off. And um, as always, if you have any questions about the show. At info at stewthewineguru.com. You can go to my website as well at www.stewthewineguru.com and click on the link for all my wine articles, videos, and listen to the archived wine talk shows. As always, as I say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stew the Wine Guru. So everyone drink up. Felipe, 
Have a great evening, a great week, uh, and uh, I will be writing my reviews. So everybody look for those in the Examiner and in the Yahoo, um, uh, some of the Yahoo blogs. Have a great weekend. Okay. Have a great week. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Felipe. Thank you very much, Stu. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.